0: Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome to the State of Cannabis. Bringing you fact-based news and views and keeping listeners on the pulse of what's happening in the industry today. Advocates and analysts will join us to discuss the ongoing path to reform and legislation. Now, the State of Cannabis. With your host, Dave Inman.
1: Welcome to the State of Cannabis, keeping you, our listeners, on the pulse of what's happening in cannabis today. I'm your host, Dave Inman. Today is a special day. Today is Veterans Day, and there's been a special gift to many veterans uh, that I'd like to highlight, and that is uh, if you are now in a medical cannabis state, your VA doctors now can talk to you about cannabis, so that's a, a huge win. Don't expect it to happen overnight. We got to teach these people, but be prepared to start teaching these people. Get in there, get talking to them. You now have the green light, so let's uh, let's open that wide up. You know, another uh, interesting thing: Bernie Sanders, one of the uh, Democratic candidates, also put into legislation possibly uh, being able to, you know, reschedule cannabis. So let's keep our eyes on that and. Uh, you know, uh, keep our fingers and toes crossed. With us tonight on the state of cannabis, we have a, a wonderful gentleman. We have Cottonwood City Councilman Jesse Dowling with us tonight. Jesse, thanks for coming on the show.
2: Hey, it's really my pleasure. I appreciate the opportunity.
1: You know, uh, the pleasure is all ours. And, and honestly, I. You know, having you on the show is is really it's it's important for myself. Uh, being in Arizona, you're in Cottonwood. You're in the in the seed bed currently. You know, in the in the hot I should say. You know, some of the the stiffest prohibitionists in our state right now in Yavapai County. We got the Sheila Polk, and we got the uh, the Matt Force, which is basically you know like the the Sam of uh, Arizona. You know, it's it the hardcore prohibitionists. Now, you're uh, in the city council, so you can see, uh, you know, a lot of the inner workings that happen between the prohibitionist side and and the people that are, you know, trying to push more of smart legislation, smart smart cannabis laws.
2: Yes, I was elected about 2011, so I've been doing it a little while, and uh, it was really kind of like drinking from a fire hose when you first get on there, and there's a lot of information that comes at you, but uh, I never really thought that I would be Kind of in the position I'm in, and almost snuck up on me. But you know, we had a, a presentation from them once when they came into the council, and it really just sort of floored me that you know I knew that they were out there and, and that it existed. But uh, to see Reefer Madness 2.0 really coming to life in front of us, it was a uh, it was pretty shocking to see that come back. Now, describe what you would see with this this Reefer Madness 2.0. Uh, well, they came in, and, and this was around the time when they were getting ready to start their their marijuana harmless campaign and they actually came in with this presentation for us and wanted us to be like a test bed for it and they really just went for uh, the new version of reefer madness with uh, you know focusing a lot on colorado of course and you know uh... uh butane hash oil extraction explosions and you know, they just go for every bit of the gamut they can and highlight the worst of everything, and it really set me back. So I actually requested a meeting with them shortly afterwards, and that was the first time I really got to spend, I think I spent about an hour and a half or two hours across the table from the manager, you know, from the life force of Matt Force being uh, County Attorney Sheila Polk and the person who runs the day-to-day operation, which would be Marilee Fowler. So it was really sort of eye-opening there. I really sat down with them and tried to, I really tried to look for some reason in their eyes, and it was really difficult to not really see that. There's just a, you sort of hope for a little spark or a little bit of recognition, but it was really just a, a, they just are very well set in their situation. And that's really difficult for me being somebody who tries to be reasonable and, uh, Rely on science and facts and things like that to try and explain that to people and to have that sort of just go down a black hole,
1: but and it makes you, know, you wonder how the brainwashing happened and, and you know to to say brainwashing, maybe that's perhaps a bit too harsh uh, you know just the, the the way that we were taught so many of us we were taught that drugs in general are bad and and which you know I mean the overuse or or uh, of many drugs is is uh, definitively a negative, but to say that you know I mean obviously cannabis, you know it's it's showing so many medicinal benefits that uh, you know it's it's a tough putt. It's like how can you show somebody what uh, is when they clearly don't want to believe what is is uh, correct? It,
2: and that really, you know, I you know, I really come to realize that you know we're really digging ourselves out of an eighty year hole. They've had pretty much free reign for uh, about eighty years now of prohibition, and then. You know, in the, the early 70s, the rescheduling of cannabis, and they really had free run of it. And it's just, I'm getting to a point where, you know, they don't need to have that free run anymore. Their reason and uh, science has to start taking back some
1: of what it deserves. You know, so how do, we, how do we educate people? What would you find to be the most efficacious vehicle in which we can train people with real knowledge. I mean, we see so much pushback. I mean, you know, like with Bill Montgomery, you know, uh, and and his pushbacks and, and obviously, you know, with, with Sheila Polk and just this unwillingness to accept truths and realities. They'll come back with, uh, oh, yeah, cannabis has never hurt anybody, but here, look at this guy, he ate a gummy bear and jumped off the off the bridge. Well, you know, that's an isolated incident. I mean, how can you possibly come back and say that? You know, it's, it's like Ed Gogek, and, and I'm sure you're very familiar with uh, Dr. Gogek yeah. up there. He actually uh, would champion uh, himself to get people off of, of, you know, opioids, and champion the fact that uh, he was using Suboxone and Subutex, in it and you know, and how many people he had prescribed it to, as if it was some merit badge that he now gets to place on himself. I mean, these things are just as addictive. You know, there was a, a wonderful little study that was done with with mice. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously, mice. Uh, some of them, if you had a water dish uh, that just had water, another water dish that had cocaine in it the mouse would generally gravitate towards it. And you know, forgive me, I forget the the name of this study, but I'm sure if you google it you'll find it, but it was it was basically this guy said, "You know what? I'm going to make like a mouse palace. I'm going to make like the 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 coolest mouse abode that could exist." And did the water test as well. And uh, you know, found out that the mice just wouldn't gravitate towards the cocaine-laced water because they were happy. And so, a lot of it uh, is is environmental. That you know, you would you would see these you know types of things uh, occurring. And it just it it boggles my mind that uh, you know they disregard all of these things and then just focus on one incident. You know, just one little incident, as if it's you know the the sky is falling or something. You know.
2: Yeah, really, and, th- and that really is. You know, it's funny you mentioned the sky is falling. The study, by the way, is, is Rat Park. What was the official That's name? That's the one. Of the yes. Um, it's funny you mentioned Chicken Little because I've actually been thinking of that in my head quite a lot. The sky is falling, and it, I, I almost hate to bring it up to them, but I believe, and I've seen this, you know, based upon a, a recent incident that we had. You know, we'll probably get to this with, I guess you'd call it legislation or ordinance adjustments we had to do. But I think they're really they're really going to start to defeat themselves uh, if they keep going with. With the sky is falling attitude, the more they say that, and the less that reality matches up with their depiction, the the far the far worse opinions people of them is going to become, and and I think I'm seeing that on really small levels, you know, just here at the grassroots. For example, they brought a uh, Matt Force brought a resolution to us uh, a couple of years ago now, and it was really the, their brainchild, and their The county attorney's stated opinion on her stated reason for it was that she wanted to create a hard target. I mean, wanted to make a hard target of our county and Yavapai County and the state of Arizona at large, if possible, for citizen-led initiatives. Specifically, preparing for you know for any upcoming ballot initiatives we might be looking at for 2016, and they started shopping that around in 2013. And when they brought it to our council, they thought it was a, a five minutes in and out, no problem vote. And you know, I've passed it around a bit on the internet, and it's available on our uh, websites and you know, on YouTube page for the city. But I kept them there for almost an hour, hour and a half, I think it was, really trying to hold their feet to the fire and, and questioning it. And we ended up, it ended up passing by an abstention of one of the other council members. So because he didn't want to kind of be seen as voting for this. He abstained because he wasn't 100% sure of it, and that ended up to it, it passing. But that was really you know, kind of my trial by fire with them. Um, and now, fast forward to last week, we did a lot of groundwork um, to get this ordinance revised to allow a cultivation site in our city to actually expand. We have a successful business, and they need to expand, and they were limited to a 10,000-square-foot uh, cap. So we actually managed to fix that. But we had to go through what I call the mat force machine, where they bring in every pastor, every, you know, everybody they can get a hold of. They have a whole list, I'm sure. They bring in teachers, anybody, you know, anybody they can, any concerned citizen to come in and basically complain and tell the, whoever's in the position of power, being the council or whoever you are, that, you know, it's all for the children, you're going to ruin the children. And I sort of blatantly told them, I'm you know, don't tell me I'm ruining children, that, I hate to see kids used in a pawn in any fashion. And and so, yeah, I think they're going to defeat themselves if they keep going on long enough. And we have to sort of sidestep them and allow them to be happy in their incorrectness and really go for the folks that will make a difference,
1: which are the you're, ones you're, that you're might absolutely be open to reach. You know, exactly, exactly. You know, I, I watched the video and I, I want to I dive into that here in a, a quick second. Uh, we got to take a quick break. When we get back, Cottonwood, Arizona City Councilman Jesse Dowling. We'll be right back with you, folks.
0: Stay tuned for more State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com when we return. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at InternetMarketingNinjas.com.
2: Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Candid.
0: I want to
1: give you the inside story. Captivating. I want to introduce you to my kind and amazingly talented friends. Compelling. We get to meet some of the most amazing cannabis activists and warriors around.
0: Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Once again, here's Dave
1: Inman. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis. I'm your host, Dave Inman. With us tonight, we have Cottonwood City Councilman Jesse Dowling. Uh, Jesse, we uh, we've been chatting a little bit about, uh, you know, your your battles with Matt Force up in uh, that area or at least your meetings with I shouldn't call them a battle because it's more of a, a reasoning as opposed to, you know, some yelling match or something like that, which, you know, obviously we get more bees with honey than we do vinegar. So, I mean, it's obviously better to engage in that kind of a format. And, you know, there's a video up of a, a recent meeting. That you uh, that was a uh, press that you were mentioning uh, just a moment ago about the cultivation center uh, needing to expand. It was a successful business, 10,000 square foot cap and how all of the Matt force people, they would bring all of these these you know uh, clergymen uh, down to to speak on behalf. So tell us about this experience a little bit more. Tell us about the expression the new social norm.
2: yeah, that I think that's going to be one of our greatest strengths moving forward is, people like myself that are, you know, a responsible, reasonable, conscious individuals that aren't pulling our hair out and going crazy over this issue. We're actually, you know, analyzing it and looking at it in a reasonable and rational manner instead of really getting emotionally involved in it. I think that that is one of their strengths is that they're really good at working with people's emotions and how they work that around and, and tying the kids into it and unfortunately, a lot of the emotions that they, they really play on are fear and unknowns, uh, which that's really what we're up to now is, you know, just making it less unknown, you know, getting out information out there and really doing it, like you said, in a real reasonable manner. You know, I think one of the greatest assets is that I can actually email one of the directors of Matt Force and say, hey, I have a question about this or, hey, would you like to talk? Or and then they the same same aspect when I question them, when I call them out on Twitter, when they post some facts and I question that, or they'll actually be able to email me. So I think that, you know, this really isn't, and I tell them this a lot, and I've asked them multiple times, you know, help us help you. You know, I think we can always get more done together than apart, and I'm trying to keep them in there. It won't make people real happy that hate MatForce that I'm not decrying them, but they have done some valuable things that I appreciate, you know, getting rid of stuff
1: that actually kills people. Like yeah, Matt Force. And yeah, exactly. And, and so MatForce, for the people that don't know what it is, what, what does MatForce stand for? I believe that was started as
2: a Methamphetamine Task Force, really. It was really started as, we did have a meth problem in this area for a while, and that was really the the, the reasoning behind it. So it was uh, methamphetamine, alcohol, and tobacco. I believe are their keys, which em- ends up making the MAT for Matt Force. So you know. So that said, though, appreciating them for everything they do there, when they came up, and I think they've keyed in that one of the ideals here is social norming, and when they go to call that out, really it is on us to you know to do the best we can. It shouldn't be a big issue. Then it's it, you know just because they want to call it one, it isn't. And so really that's what I'm, you know, I think I agree that social norming is going to be one of our greatest assets when people start to realize that the, the world's not going to burn down and we're not
1: growing horns on our head if we don't talk ill of cannabis. It's not as if, uh, you know, a, a bolt of lightning is going to uh, streak from the sky because uh, you, you disagree with a, a point about cannabis, you know. Right. And it's, it's honestly, it's having these, these conversations, you know, the more we have them uh, – the, the easier they are to have and the more receptive people become, the more they hear it. Correct. And it's, it's getting to that nugget of it. It's getting to, you know, it's getting to the, the root cause of the fear that people have. Right. You know, I, I really appreciate the guys here that
2: have this cultivation facility because they are open door. You know, when I, I said, hey, can we get the council in here when this whole idea started? And he said, sure, bring them in. We toured everybody that wanted to come through, got to tour it. We've had... All the fire department shifts—they come through to tour buildings just for safety reasons, anyway, so they know what they're getting into. But it was really valuable. What happens afterwards is that you have your fire department come through and they—they they go, oh, you know, here it is. And so you've got these respected members of the community that toured this facility, saw that the people running it are decent, good people, and they actually, you know, it's invaluable to send them back to the community and say, yeah, we looked at that, and it's a great deal. Nobody's getting hurt. They're, they're running a tight operation. You know, we had the mayor come through. Uh, we're currently getting, we're selecting some new a new police chief, and one of the candidates actually asked to meet with me, and so I said, sure, come over to my office. My office is next to the, the cultivation center, so I got him a tour through there. And I think that it's just little by little, step by step, working to fight back against all the prohibition, all the fear. And like you said, you know, when they brought up social norming, really, that's not what it is. This isn't social norming. This is just basic facts. When they come at me with social norming, I come back to them with, you know, one of the things they pointed out was they always like to refrain that our county and our city or or area here in Arizona didn't vote for the medical act. And I came back to them and I said, you know, that maybe you might have a handle on who's doing that or who voted, but uh, I'm sure a lot of people who, who use cannabis voted that aren't able to tell you because of the stigma you've projected. And the other fact is that we have one of the highest concentrations of cardholders in the county is in our area. And so I actually went through and, and calculated out the monthly demand for all card holders, And, you know, I tried to just answer all of their fear with fact and reason. And doing it in a public forum is really, I think, beneficial also because it doesn't allow them the chance to reformulate an answer or to discredit you, right off the bat, and they have so much time to do that. There's an example with the Forbes, uh, Forbes article that came out on the Rim Hit to report the, the Rocky Mountain High Intensity Drug Trafficking Authority was that report uh, out of Colorado is being pretty much a playbook for Matt Force. and they just tr- they trumpet that all day long. This Forbes article comes out by I think it's Jacob Sullum and pretty much dismantles the whole report. I submitted that to Matt Force and said, hey, what do you think? And it took about a month, but they came back and basically discredited the writer of the article and any dis- any question on the facts. Rim hit to, they went ahead and revised their report on the more glaring aspects, but it felt really good to call them out on the facts. It was really unfortunate that they
1: are going to still use it as their playbook, but that's just another step in the process. You know, and potentially that's uh, just more beneficial for the the movement of of cannabis in general. If their arguments just you know they, they get weaker and weaker each time, you know. Yeah. I mean, we we obviously they'll they'll still toss around. You know, it's a, it's a gateway drug. Well, you know, that was disproven back in the seventies. You know, right. if, if anything, it's an exit drug. You know, yeah. and you know it's not as if it's one of those uh, those substances that uh, you know mythically you know you take once and and you become addicted. Obviously, that's not the case. Correct. Um, and that- that's what you're going to say if you're a prohibitionist. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You're going to say, uh, you know, uh, again, you, you talk ill about it, or you, you talk positively about it, and you'll you'll get uh, you know a lightning bolt uh, exactly. streak across the sky and get you, you know. And, and interestingly enough, so you you obviously you haven't always been outspoken about cannabis, but now that you do talk a bit more about it, and and in this public forum, uh, would you say that you've attributed any stigma in this in this personal choice of yours.
2: I think I've managed to avoid that so far for the most part. Um, and I'm, I'm very fortunate, you know, hopefully I've built up enough political and personal capital that I can get past that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it can be a tough one. Hey, we got to take a quick break. When we get back, we have uh, Jesse Dowling, Cottonwood city councilman. We'll be right back with you folks.
0: Stay tuned for more state of cannabis only on CannabisRadio.com. When we return.
1: MJWellness.com, the largest medical marijuana community in the world. Connect with thousands of patients, doctors, industry leaders, and businesses through shared personal experiences along our worldwide network. Discover new therapies and benefits with content tailored to you. Come grow your network on MJWellness.com. You're not alone. Your wellness matters. Learn, live, and thrive. Check out mjwellness.com today.
0: Dr. Dabber, hurry! Its temperature is shooting past 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up!
1: most people who use don't have a problem. So I think that you need to think about policy in that way while educating people properly about marijuana. I think that's the way to go.
0: Burning issues only on CannabisRadio.com Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis. Only on CannabisRadio.com Once again, here's
1: Dave Inman. Welcome back to the state of cannabis. I'm your host Dave Inman. With us tonight, we have Jesse Dowling, uh, Cottonwood, Arizona City Councilman. Uh, Jesse, we've talked about a, a couple of different uh, uh, items, uh, mostly on on the, the prohibitionists up in uh, Yavapai County. I'd like to dive into another thing that I'd, I'd seen in this um, in this video uh, of this recent uh, uh, council meeting. And uh, you're you're born you were born and raised in Jerome, Arizona, uh, which is a very very unique town. Uh, it's one that's uh, it, it just an uh, old mining town. It just has a ton of character and uh, went to school in Clarkdale. Uh, Cottonwood graduated from Mangus Union. Um, so you got to see a lot of these unique things unfold over the years. Uh, one of them is uh, Arizona becoming, uh, you know, actually having a, a bit of a wine country and you know that uh is is a beautiful thing and and right in that area is really that 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 nugget where it uh, started off and one of the gentlemen uh that was at this council meeting uh actually referenced uh not wanting to destroy the uh the uh, Arizona's wine capital and he didn't want to change it to the weed capital and i just it, it struck me as as funny that uh, they would attribute that uh, cannabis could potentially destroy wine which obviously that that kills uh, you know thousands of people every year, not necessarily wine, but alcohol in general. And just to have these two things uh, intermingled as if uh, the, the collation of the two will, will just cause both to explode. I just I thought it was uh, kind of interesting.
2: Yeah, that was, you know, and that was even, I think
1: that led a few people to ask about, you know, a couple other
2: council members really tried to point that out. And, you know, that branding that we've kind of gone through with the heart of wine country, you know, during the downturn, uh, we had a real, Wine kind of got us through that, so there is a real big. You know, we had a little downtown area that sort of revitalized itself on the back of wine tasting rooms and you know bringing in that different clientele and that tourism. So there is sort of a, a somewhat of an allegiance to the wine industry, and I don't I don't knock it in that it got us through there. But it, yeah, it is an interesting juxtaposition to see one thing sort of favored over another, especially when we're talking about the economic benefit. You know that you know really a lot of what that comes down to is economics for a city or a town and we were all on the same page trying to get to economics but you know, and trust me when we put that when that wine capital came in it, it had its fair share of, of opposition and there's still quite a few people that, that don't appreciate it but uh... it's definitely not as much of a hot iron as the cannabis side of things is but i think that we're making some steps there and I would point, basically, really, I would point out to the results of that vote we had that we're talking about, when the uh, resolution came through, it passed with an abstention. This item actually passed by a vote of 5 to 1. It probably would have been 6 to 1 had the council member had been, uh, that was absent been there. So I think that really in itself is quite a
1: statement of how far we've come at this point. And so for, for people that don't know, how, how big of an area is Cottonwood?
2: Uh, cottonwood itself, it, cottonwood proper is around, it has about a, a, between ten and 12,000 people, you know, depending on the, the, the climate at the time. Uh, but the trick with cottonwood is really, it's the central sort of the business hub of this Verde Valley area, and there's a lot of outlying areas that are probably the same size that may not be incorporated. We have an area to the south called Verde Village, which is a large unincorporated community that has almost the same amount of citizens. And so we have, you know, we have some smaller areas like Cornville and Camp Verde, but uh, we ended up sort of being in the middle of everything. Of course, we have Clarkdale and Jerome around there, but we're sort of the only place that was big enough for people to actually put in your big box store, like a super Walmart. And, you know, so it ends up sort of becoming the economic hub of the Verde Valley, which is, is nice in a way that we don't have a property tax and we're all works off sales tax. But uh, it's also bad in a way that when you... Hinge everything on sales tax; it's very flexible, and sometimes you want to have some consistency, which is really, again, part of the reason I I was really the one trying to push for getting this business to be able to expand and try and inject some more taxes and capital back into the city, just for the long-term, even keeled approach. So, what got you into politics? Uh, I think it just was a kind of a perfect storm. Uh, One of my my youngest child was in high school or was in middle school and was doing a a water, they have this Project WET program where they they help kids understand water and finite resources. And the mayor is very involved with that and met my child and then sort of enjoyed my child's company and then met me a little bit. And the mayor basically came and said, I think you might make a good council person. And so the idea was, you know, the seed was planted and then my wife said, maybe that's okay. And then my employer said, I'll support you if you want to do that. And I really kind of, at that point too, it was, I just made a decision to get off the couch, or actually get out from behind the keyboard of complaining, complaining, and actually get involved in it. And I think that's really important for the cannabis community at large is to start really stepping past that stigma and getting out there and making the voices heard in the best manner we can. You know, when we had the resolution; nobody showed up to support it. I was there by myself, and I was the only one toting that log. And in this last event we had, you know, we had uh, maybe not a one-for-one parody with Matt Forrest, but we, there was support there. We had our senior center, uh, the, the woman who runs the senior center in the Meals on Wheels program, she supports us. Uh, we had our local contractors that are there waiting
1: on this to go through to actually make their job, you know. So it was a, a big deal. You know, it's uh, it's it's always interesting the trajectories that uh, that place us uh, in the path that we're in now. You know, Jesse, we, we're out of time. Thank you so much for your time, of course, uh, and coming an on the show. On. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have you back on the show. You know, we got a hot hotbed going on up there, and we need to make sure that people understand uh, what prohibition looks like and how we can, we can do our part. Uh, and, you know, I want to thank all of you for joining us for this edition of The State of Cannabis. Uh, you can download past episodes of our program by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeart. Uh, Radio. Uh, also, you can follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Google+. Don't forget to like and comment. I'm your host, Dave Inman. We'll talk with you next time.